Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Welcome to today's podcast episode of Start, Scale, Succeed. And today I'm joined by Charlotte Pridmore, life coach, NLP practitioner, and timeline therapy practitioner. And we're going to be covering a variety of topics from money mindset, success, bankruptcy, and future goals. Charlotte, thank you very much for joining me today. Hi. I'm very excited to have you. We were chatting a lot before we pressed record, (laughs) but we've still got lots lots to cover. Um, What I'd like really like to understand is your story, because you started off and had your own product business previously before you went into the coaching world and you've been quite you've been quite on a journey with that from a seven-figure business that went into bankruptcy and to now moving into the life coaching and coaching side of things talk me through that journey and what happened so the short version um because it's a long story but the short version is the precursor to me starting that business I had been in London for 10 years working in corporate Um, I had a relationship, I had bought a house, life was set, I had a great social life, all the things. And long story short, I got, I had my eldest son, who's now 15, and I left his dad six months after having him, Mm -hmm. back home and I live near Sherwood Forest, so I'm like Midlands, came back home just for three weeks to get my head straight, never went back. So I suddenly went from own house in London, corporate job to single mom benefits, living with my parents. I was 30, then moved in. My best friend from here, from home, she just built with her fiance, which was well handy. So we moved in together. But I was just like single mom and benefits for a year. And it was just like, what what am I actually doing? Because this was, you know, I'd worked since I was 14. Retrained as a hairdresser because my mum's one. I'd always been really good at it. There was no corporate opportunities where I live. I live in a mining, you know, an ex-mining town. Got a job in a salon, worked there for five years. And then just got to, I was about 30. I'd met my now husband, got pregnant with my second son. And... I was just like, this cannot be it. Yeah. It was almost like, because my mom, who's, my mom's 76, she's still hairdressing. She's been hairdressing since she was 15. Um, she was always like, you are not allowed to be a hairdresser. Like, it's too hard work. The money's crap. You know, you're not yeah. allowed. But when all my mates in London were hairdressers, so I sort of like, and I was bored in corporate. And I was like, oh, God, it's so creative. And like, yeah. Um, but couldn't afford to redo it. So I had, it had always been an interest of mine. Um. And then I was just like, oh, I'll go and do it. But then I got, I was 35 and I was like, this is shit. Yeah. Because like, there's I'm only not- a ceiling financially that you can get to. Unless, unless you go to like superstardom in hairdressing, which if yeah. I started out in hairdressing, I, that would have been the, you know, I would have gone down the competition route and all the things. Yeah. But I was, I was a 35 year old hairdresser who'd been hairdressing for five years. I mean, I was bloody good at it, but I was in a small town salon, you yeah. know, it was just, I was like, this can't be it. And then it, it was almost like the universe heard me and I just got the following week after me having that moment, sort of midlife crisis or early life crisis, I had a flyer drop through the door and it just said, would you like to earn an extra £2,000 or more on top of what you're already doing? And I was like, well, yeah, because we were skint, like, you yeah. know, going down the back of the sofa for, for, for coins, you know. Um, 
And I went to see the woman. It was a product business. Um, it was a network marketing product business. I said no because I didn't like the packaging. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and then she came back to me three weeks later and just said, what are you frightened of? And I was just like, well, I'm frightened of it not working. I'm frightened of me not being able to do it. I'm frightened no one will buy it. All the fears that normally happen. But then the, the lure of an extra two grand a month was too powerful, really. So I was just like, I knew I could do it. I knew I was yeah. capable. So I just said yes. And then the first year I played around it. And then I started to take it a little bit more seriously. And then it got to the point that by the time I was having my second son, it was, it was, I was earning twice as much from that as I was from a hairdressing. So I was able to walk away from hairdressing. And then, and then the next three years were just whirlwinds that traveling the world, going to South Africa, Dubai, like Singapore. I was earning more money than I'd ever, ever earned in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living the dream. It was just absolutely amazing. However, um, the coaching side of that business was what I really loved. I got yeah. really heavily into personal development. I came up, became obsessed with it. Like I, I mean, the, the amount of books I've read in my adult life is, is ridiculous. Like I watched all the books. I went to the seminars. I was watching YouTube. I was listening to podcasts. I was all the things, and I was just like, I want to do this. Like this. I was looking at people like Brendan Bouchard and yeah. Gabby Bernstein and you know Marie Folio, and I was just like, I want to do that. But I thought that. I can't do that because yeah, I'm going to have to go back to university and get a degree in psychology or whatever. Um, and I also read a book called The Four Agreements. And The Four Agreements is an amazing book. And one of the agreements is don't take anything personally, good or bad. Mm-hmm. And by that time, I understood, yeah, don't take anything personally bad because it's more about them and it's about you, you know, all that. And we all get that. And I was like, but I don't understand the, um, the good bit. And then when I read on, it was just like, you shouldn't need to feel, you shouldn't need to praise to feel validated yeah I recognized that my entire career in that in that business was because I craved validation and I was craving and I was addicted to the praise I was addicted to the oh my god you're doing an amazing job and so like with network marketing it's like stickers for kids isn't it it's like you get the the emerald or the ruby or the diamond or whatever kind of scheme they have in terms of for reward and the thing is it's powerful and it's amazing like I would never not I would never say to anybody, don't get involved in a network marketing business because it changed my life. Like it Mm. was one of the best things I've ever done. I'm still a big advocate for it. If you get the right company, Um, it's it's the reason I'm sat where we're having this conversation. Um, My my issue was 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 with me. It wasn't with the business. It wasn't with and yeah. When you start, they you and because one of the things that they that there's powerful about network marketing and one of the things that sells it is is that you don't get recognized enough in a corporate world. You don't get recognized yeah. as a mother. You don't get, no one No one gives you a badge for being great, a great mom or really good at your job, especially if you're a woman in corporate. Yeah. You know? So you do get praised and it feels good and it's nice and it's a good thing. But for coming from somebody who had a relatively low self-esteem from all the shit that had happened in the decades before um, and never feeling like I was enough, it fed that. And it, it was like, oh my God, I'm enough now. And that enoughness came from something external. So when I read this book and I was like, shit, like I recognize that. And, and the more successful you get in network marketing, and I was in the top 5% in the company, the less recognition you get because the things get harder to achieve. Yeah. Okay. So in the beginning, you're, you're up on stage, every, we have success days, you're up on stage, you know, pretty much every time. And it feels amazing. And it's, and it is amazing. And it does work, you know, it does massive amounts for your confidence. But 
I, I got to this point where I was like, I'm actually not enjoying this as much as I used to. Why not? I didn't understand why. And then I read this book and I was like, shit, like mm-hmm. this is this is what's happening with me. And so then I went inwards and it was very much a journey of I need to I need to validate myself. I shouldn't need. And then somebody just said three words to me. They just said, you should coach. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? They were like outside of, of this. And I was like, I was like, what do you mean? I was like, do you mean I, I just can do that? And they were like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and I was like, do I not need a degree? They were like, no, like mm-hmm. it's not even like you don't need anything. Like, and they gave me examples of people that were like really successful who I admired that didn't have anything to do. They just started doing it. So I literally nearly threw up with excitement. <laughs> and at, at, at that point, the business had because I had lost my mojo and I'd lost my energy and I'd lost my interest my income had started to drop. Now, as I said before we, we pressed record, like that business was still paying me a th- at least a thousand pounds a month for two years after I stopped it. So it is worth the work. It is definitely worth because it does create passive income. But my- And, income- and just to highlight to people as well, you were turning over within a year kind of, or your yearly oh, turnover no, at its height was 1.5 million. 1.5, we were turning over as a team. Um, obviously I wasn't getting paid that much. I was earning about at that point, probably about the most- about between six and eight grand a month. Um, mm-hmm. I was getting bon- annual bonuses because I was qualifying for the annual bonus. I, I think I had like 30 grand in, in bonuses over the over the, that three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and But the problem was, is that because of my horrific money story, I was, the, the 10 years of that relationship with my eldest son's father was, there was a lot of financial abuse I now recognize. Um, very bad money habits, very, you know, from my environment, which we'll talk about in a bit, you know, my environment around money was spend it while you've got it because it won't last. So there was a spender, like my financial identity was a spender. So of course I got this money and I was like, woohoo, I got a beautiful car. We moved house. It wasn't a massive house. I wasn't dripping in Chanel or buying Louboutins, but I was, we were enjoying it. Yeah. There was no structure. There was no, there was nothing. And so as the income dropped, and my expenses didn't, I was in trouble very, very quickly. My son was at private school for three years. Oh, gosh, yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> I mean, when I look back, it was madness, you know? But I, I'm so grateful for that whole experience because it makes me good at what I do now. So um, so the income was going down. My interest was going down. My my soul had been lit up by this, this new career path. And everything, it was like the atom bomb went off because I physically couldn't do that business anymore. And I said, I can do both. And that was how it took me 18 months to transition out that business into this one because I was so determined to do both because the pressure was on. Yeah. The pressure was on. We had bills to pay like the, and the stuff that happened within that period. And then, you know, this, and that's far away from bankruptcy. We ended up doing an IVA instead. Um, and I had to take my son out of school. He got kicked, basically got kicked out because I couldn't pay the bills. It was it was horrendous. Um, but at the same time, and because I was in so so much lack and scarcity at that point and fear, I was there was you, when you're involved in a company like that, and it's an amazing company, but it's a life. It's a way of life. It's not a job. Yeah, you're, all the people you hang around with are in the business. All the yeah. people that you talk to on a daily basis are in the business you you've been you've poured your heart and soul into that business so it was like leaving a family it was a very traumatic experience um and also the responsibility I had a team of people that looked to me and here I was walking away and there's a lot of guilt there was a lot yeah it was just horrendous 
Um, however, I couldn't do it anymore. And, and then at the same time, I was introduced to a coach that I had a call with this coach. And at the, you've got to remember at this point, we were in the, they're in the shit financially. And I got a call with this coach and she told me that she, her program and we can have you at this point in three months time. And I was just like, <gasps> and I went to my parents and I was like, I've got to do this. And my mum gave me a credit card with three months of the money on it was 785 pounds a month. It wasn't cheap. And she was like here and she believed in me and she was like yeah. here. And, and I want to say that this is no shade on the coach because I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. But six weeks in, and she was going through a weird time, you know, you know, a bit of a transition at the time. Six weeks in, I realized that, that this wasn't right. And so I came out of it. And so I now had racked up another 1250 And you were able to get out of the contract and everything like that? You were able to step away from it? She didn't even respond to me. Wow. She was in a weird place. Okay. Um, she's an amazing, you know, no shade. I'll, I would never ever do that. But um, it wasn't the right time. So then I came out. Great. Now I'm in more debt and this hasn't worked. And, and then my friend, I was, it was like a week later, my friend said, oh, I'm going down to London to do this um, ultimate coaching qualification. I was like, what? And she's like, come. And I was like, okay. So I literally, this was, this was 2017, went down to London, I, we, like 8 a.m. till 6 p.m., seven days, doing my NLP and my timeline therapy. And passed up with fine colors. And I'm like, right, this is it. And then the, the, the business was built from then, but it, it started out as life coaching. Um, and then it turned into, it's been life coaching all along, but what I've done, but it's not, it's, it's different now. It's very yeah. different now to what it was then. Um, and so I, what I did is I started to create programs around what I'd transformed. So my first program was called Revolution, which was about travel, re- revolutionizing your story. Like timeline therapy is a really amazing tool for understanding and transforming your story. And I adapted it slightly to fit a sort of group environment. I did a lot of one-to-one work in the beginning. And then revolution was about taking your story and telling it in a different way. So it serves you because, and this is the same throughout. So your money story, your relationship story, mm-hmm. whatever it is, your life, you get to tell it in a way that, that, that empowers you rather than, you know, keeps you stuck in the same situation that you're in. And then <laughs> I did. A program- and that mindset is key, isn't it? That's just so key for people to use that, to reframe it, to use yeah. positive language with things. I mean, stuff. now, nowadays, so I use, I don't actually use my NLP and timeline therapy that much nowadays. Obviously it's in the foundations of everything that I do, but now I use um, positive, um, positive intelligence, um, which is an incredible thing. I'll say that in a bit. Um, I'm a huge human design and and all the, mm-hmm. and so the business went from life love business because that's what I used to like to talk about um and it's moved into my old woman brand which is about um mindset emotions energetics and connections sort of the spiritual piece came in sort of 2019 2020 um and so it morphed into just this concept and like my ethos is is that no matter what you do you're a woman and you have you also have a family and you also have a story and you're also an, an individual yeah and so no matter what you're doing in business all those things are still need need addressing I never wanted to be a business coach because after a start there's a billion ways to do it I would never be one of the and also I've been involved in stuff that was like seven steps to seven figures you know and yeah yeah that's the seven steps that worked for you but they don't work for me because that doesn't align with with my values and this bit doesn't so I never wanted to be a business coach but I want to work with business women. Yeah. Because business women have a, a certain something about them that I relate to because I am one. 
And for me, it's about the wholeness of you as a human in your business, because there's no point being great at business if your relationship's falling apart. There's no point, yeah. there's no point being in business to prove yourself to yourself or everybody else. This, this, is, this is a holistic whole experience. So the All Woman brand was that. So I did a program called All Woman. I then had a body transformation. So I did a program called All Woman Wellness. I did my first K, 10K month and I did a program called All Woman Wealth, which was the beginning of this whole process. Um, so it's been a journey and I've just done what I've taught, what I've mastered. Yeah, um, and what you've experienced and gone what through. I've experienced. Um, but then think something changed because what I found was, and I, you know, people will relate to this, is that the, my habits around money still hadn't really changed. And mm-hmm. I was in a very much feast and famine situation. I was having 12, 13, 14,000 pound months and then the next month would be two. Yeah. And so I was tired of that. Um, I'm also just paying off, finish, I was just finishing paying off the debt that my ex-partner left me in. So when we, when we split up, there was about 60,000 that was God. left for me to deal with. Um, that's impacted my life massively. Obviously yeah. my credit rating's awful. Um, and I'm, I'm well, we just, literally I'll be finished paying off the IVA this year, two years early, by the way. Good. Um, thank you. Um, but that's been in a whole experience. But what I recognize is, is that, and I've done some of the best money programs on, on the internet. Um, I've been obsessed with that subject for a long time because for me, it was very much linked to a lot of my shame stories. A lot of my low self-worth as a business owner came from my lack of ability to manage that part of my life. Yeah. Because making it's easy. I mean, genuinely making money is not, is not the skill. Keeping it is the skill. Yeah. And growing it is the skill. And I recognized very, very early on, really, and very much so in the last two years that financial freedom has nothing to do with the amount of money you earn. Absolutely nothing. It's a skill set. Financial freedom isn't about, I mean, when you ask people, and if you'd have asked me what financial freedom is, I'd it's choice. It's this. Yes, it mm-hmm. is. It's all those things. But it's not something that you gain by the amount of money that you bring in. Yeah, because your mindset is still the same if you've not, if you don't change it. If you are a spender. So mm. the way I talk about it is um, in the, the upcoming stuff that I'm doing is there is two ends of one stick. There is a spender and there is a scrimper. Both come from lack. Both come from scarcity. It's just a different behavior yeah. aligned with, the, with that, that mindset and that energetic. And when you're a spender, it does not matter how much money you earn, you will spend it because that is your identity. Mm-hmm. So you might have nice stuff, but your internal narrative is the same. You are still frightened of this money unconsciously. You are still, you are still, you still can't hold it. Yeah. And if you're narr- you know, so um, I used, my old five day challenge used to be called what if it works? And, and that was the, my belief is that fear of success is actually far more potent than fear of failure. We've been failing every day since we were a kid. Like we're used to failure. But yeah. Success is something that's new. And so fear of success for me was very much more potent than fear of failure because there's so much attached to um, success, especially for, and I'm going to say that there's a very, I see a very distinct difference between UK and, and the States. Yeah. So the States' narrative is they don't have the history that we have. They don't have the class system that we still have. They have, you can come here. This is the land of the free. You can come here and you can come from nothing and you can achieve everything. And that's true. 
and there'll be people along the sidelines that will cheer you on to get there and to do that. Whereas the UK right? is different. Whereas where the and this is not me, this is my experience. So I'm not saying this is fact, but I've mm-hmm. done the research. But it is my been my experience that when I was doing the research for that that challenge. I looked at our class system. We have eight levels in our class system in this in the UK. And you'll be really surprised. Do you know how much the average elite person earns in the UK? This is the top of the class tree. Um 1.2 billion a year. 98,000. 98,000 is the average income of somebody that's classed as elite because the, it's not the money that makes the difference. Obviously, it's the where they were born and what their lineage is. But their average income is 98,000. Now I know loads of women that earn more than 98,000 a year, right? Yeah. They're not not classed as the elite. So we have this invisible construct that we, 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 that's in, that's encased us all our lives. So I talk about it as an onion because an onion is really easy to remember. So your onion, your personal onion is your personal experiences. That's your first layer. So my personal experience around money was absolutely shit. Yeah. You've got your social conditioning. Now, the social conditioning is the most powerful one that no one talks about and that you are unaware that it's there. And unless you're aware of it, it will hold you back. For example, I was born in a, well, I was born in Sheffield actually, but I was brought up in a mining town. So in a mining town in the East Midlands, right? So the narrative of a mining working class town is that if you're, and this I'm generalizing massively here. So, you know, yeah, the feeling is if you're rich, you're a wanker. Yeah. <laughs> You've obviously ripped somebody off. Yeah. If you don't share it, then you're real, you're really worse. Um, you, you're different. You're, so when you think about we're, you know, as human beings, we're, we're tribal. And when you, when you want to be successful or you make a lot of money, which is abnormal to your area, you are separating yourself from the tribe. So essentially you are creating separateness, which to our unconscious mind, to our nervous system makes us feel frightened. So what I recognized was, is that I, as, and this is my experience is that becoming successful. And I had bad experiences. Like when I became very successful in my other business, I had a horrible thing said. I, I had a WhatsApp group set up about me from some supposed friends saying that when I got my Land Rover, that I just borrowed it from the garage to have some photographs taken it for, for its for social media. So that that it's real. Like people yeah. don't re- relate to you there's anymore. A, there's a resentment there as well, isn't there? Resentment. A real chip, and that, chip on the shoulder in terms of other people. And that resentment is generational. It's not something that they choose. And, and I'm sure most people wouldn't do it deliberately, but it's an energetic thing that you feel. So so we don't have the same experience as the US and even Australia. Australia are really good at that. I think mm-hmm. I was having a chat with my Australian friend last week actually about this. And she was like, I was like, maybe it's because you haven't got any neighbors. So you haven't got really anybody to compare yourself to. So America's so massive and so is Australia that whereas we're sort of this little island being compared to the French and the Italian, you know, we've got this sort of comparison thing going on. We've got our class system going on. It was a conversation about it. Yeah. We didn't really come to any real conclusion. I think, but I think it, in terms of America, it was a land that people came to. Do you know what I mean? And like, it was, it's been welcoming from the beginning. You yeah. know, Australia as well, you know, people were sent there to prison and it was like, you had to do something to to yeah. make your own money or whatever. So it's more entrepreneurial, I suppose, yeah. in, a, so, in a feeling. So it's uh, having that awareness of, okay, I'm, and, and also I think that a lot of people think, well, if I made a lot of money, it's why 80% of lottery winners End up more than when they started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, their identity, you have to become a millionaire in your being. Thinking, you yeah. Have a million. So, or one million plus. So, like, the this social conditioning, I understood it as I, I accepted it. I was like, right, 
I'm never going to be the elite because when people when people think, oh, it'll change me. No, it doesn't. M- money, man- money magnetizes what you already are. Some of the most generous people in the world are the richest people in the world. Some of the biggest philanthropists in the world are the richest people in the world. We have this, and, and I mean, God, I could talk about this for days, but when you get to the, the last layer of the onion, I'll come back to that one in a minute. The last layer of the onion is the global conditioning. Think about Disney. Yeah. Disney has a lot to answer for. All the baddies are wealthy. All the good people are poor. I'm trying to think. I'm thinking of Aladdin. <laughs> That's the only one that gets what came to mind. <laughs> okay, Aladdin, I will give that one. But the point no, is... No, but the baddie was the, baddie was the um, rich sultan. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. First, it wasn't so, but, you know, think of Beauty and the... You know, obviously Beauty and the Beast is a good example, but it's not... But the, the dude in it... The, what I'm saying is that in most, in most Disney films of the past... And not so much now, because obviously they've got wise to it. But yeah, like, even, a bit more woke. yeah, a bit more woke. Business <laughs> more woke. Um, but the point is, is that the general consensus is that whenever there's a baddie, it, they're the wealthy one with the power, and it's the poor, humble, good one that's it. So we've got this. Yeah, we've said this, and we could get into a real big conversation about being controlled. You know, the reason we're not taught that money in school is because they want to keep the people working. You know, like we could yeah. go, but we won't. Um, so. I do think it's a it's a huge it's a really important issue though I do think for any people that are listening that are part of education you know teaching kids about money from a really young age in any way that you can and just about being entrepreneurial and having ideas and but we're not taught that are we because if no. they taught if they taught kids how to be entrepreneurial they'd have nobody to go and do the work I know I mean it's ugh. Anyway, <laughs> let's yeah, let's not start on that. No, let's not go there. Let's not go that rabbit hole. So you've got this onion. So, so I recognise that I it won't change who I am. It amplifies who I am. It makes me. It gives me the opportunity to be as generous to make the impact that I want to make. I I don't have to move lanes. I can yeah. just be the best in my lane. And and those people can be who they are over there, and we can be who we are. And and there's amazing people in all classes. But the class system, people, I, I was watching something when the whole, you know, premise stuff was going off and they were having this debate and they said all oh, the C word that we'll not mention. And they were talking about, and they started talking about class system because they, they you know, people would like to think that it doesn't exist anymore. And it does. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's thousands of years of lineage of how we are, and it's in our DNA, it's in our energy. So being aware of it, it doesn't hold you back, but it holds you back if you're not aware of it. Yeah. And so it's like knowing that you were good. So the way that I got over that was I'm a good person. I've got good intentions. My wealth will be a good thing for my community. It will be a good thing for me. It will be a good thing for the planet. It will be good. So the, and, and again, this isn't about the amount of money you've got. It's your feeling. <laughs> it's your energy around yeah. it. Um, so I went on a big journey about that whole thing and I said, right, this is what I'm here to master. Like, this is what I'm here to do. And so I invested massively in, in that, in that evolution. So I did the positive intelligence stuff, um, which really, so positive intelligence is a scientifically proved, so positive intelligence is a hybrid of positive psychology, Mm -hmm. um, cognitive behavioral psychology, performance science, and, um, well, I'm gone. I'll come back in a minute. So it's a hybrid of those four things, and it's a daily practice. It's a six-week intense program. It's scientifically researchers in over 500,000 people over 90 different countries. MRI scans mm-hmm. talking about the part of your brain and that your saboteur brain. 
So there are 10 saboteurs. We've all got them. I have a quiz that you can do. I'll send it to you so you can put it in the show notes. Um, and it will tell you your top saboteurs. And they're also your biggest strengths as well. So it's a really positive and enlightening thing to do. Um, but your, pos- your saboteur, part of your brain that ignites that is in the left side of your brain. And your sage brain is in your right side. Mm-hmm. So your sage brain is your ability to, to see, see every situation, every circumstance from a, a perspective of how is this a gift and opportunity? Yeah. And so, but when you're, you're hijacked by your saboteur, so my top three are pleaser, hyperachiever, and avoider, Great. which is, I wasn't surprised by those, those results. Um, I yeah, no, do definitely send me the link and we'll put it in the I show. Will. It's I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. So um, I did the program myself. I then I then um, enrolled to coach it. And so I'm a mental fitness coach. So it's like mental fitness. Um, mm-hmm. There's actually a very deep meaning to the whole process. It's, it's becoming more sage-like, becoming your ability to empathize, innovate. Uh, it just, it's changed the way I think forever. And, and it's actually like on a, so if you do six weeks of practice in the, in the basic program, on an MRI scan, the gray matter in your brain has changed. So mm-hmm. it's building new neuropathways. So they call it mental muscles. But what that actually means is neuropathways. So it's how to actually on a daily basis change your mind. Literally. Um, so I did that. And then I've been into human design for about four years. I've started getting into it about four years ago, but then it was just too big a rabbit hole. And to be honest, I didn't feel it aligned with me at all at the time because I was so misaligned. Um, and then I spent the last seven months, I invested in a mastermind. I was in that for the last seven months um, learning how to embody my own design. And then I'm now certifying in it for, and it's human design for business. So, but when you look at the way you're supposed to and the way you're designed energetically to to deal with money to attract money in to and and the, your potential blind spots of what holds you back and it aligns so beautifully with the positive intelligence so your saboteurs very much align with your not self themes within your human design so that was sort of the energetic piece mm-hmm. and then last november so it's coming up for it's a year this month i hired a coach a profit first coach because what i recognized was I've been doing mindset work for a decade on money. I had done some of the best energetic work on the planet around money. My habits didn't change. Yeah. So my ethos for my business has always been one foot on the ground and one foot on the universe. Like you've got to have that faith. You've got to believe in something bigger than you. Like that's the connection piece of my brand. You, You know, it's so important for the patience to be an entrepreneur, for the for the willingness to keep showing up, even though it looks like it's not working, like you've got to have that piece. Yeah. I mean, and the risk, the risk taking and the, yeah, you know, the risk, you know, to remind me to have faith. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that piece is so important. And I think there is a dangerous current narrative in the coaching industry that it's all energetics and I, and it is, but it's also not because well, well it, it's it, the action. It's, it's, it's the, the belief, the it's, you know, think it, believe it, and then you can achieve it it. you know what I mean and what was what I recognized was is that also in these programs I was doing and they were all amazing they were amazing they all made a difference I all had shift I had shifts in all of them but once that program was over and I was left back I I had the knowledge I had the wisdom I had the 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 feels um but it wasn't transmuting into my into my one foot on the ground piece like it wasn't so I you had the knowledge, but not the tools. The t- yeah. Well, even, th- even I have the tools really, but I, I laugh about it because in one of the programs that I did, um, she talked about a T. Harvecker's jar system. I, I love T. Harvecker. He wrote Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. He's amazing. 
And he has this jar system, which is brilliant. It's actually very much similar to the profit first system, but you don't use jars, you use bank accounts. Um, and I call them the jars of shame because I had these just empty jars <laughs> on my desk with no money in them. Because if you're a spender and there's cash, you'll yeah. spend it. So it's, it, I, 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 I just came to this conclusion that all the people that I know that talk about money, they talk about not having any and then having shitloads of it. None of them are talking about not being able to manage the money that they've got. None of them. Yeah. None of them are coming from a place of, actually, I've really struggled with this. Like, this has been really difficult for me to, I've had to change who I am in order to do this. Um, and I feel that that's why it's pretty, the, the, the standpoint I'm coming from, I'm not talking about earning six figures a month. I don't earn six figures a month yet. Um, it's not about how much money I've got. It's about how, what are you doing with the money that you've got, you know? And how does that support your ability to earn six figures? Because, you know. <laughs> and so in terms of Profit First, for those that don't know about Profit First, explain what that is. And to, let's talk about your work with the coach then as well. Okay. So the Profit First system is very, very simple. But what it basically, the difference is it is that when you look at a business, the normal route to business is profit, expend, I'm sorry, is income, expenditure, profit. Okay. So that's how normal people approach their financial business. And that's how I approached it. It was just like, oh, here's the money. Let me spend it. And then whatever's left is mine. Right. <laughs> and then there'll be no one left because I'm a spender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can, it's like finance, it's like entrepreneurial poverty because yeah. you're bringing the money in and you're investing it into the business and it feels justified because you're investing it in the business. But when, you know, you haven't got a tenner in your account because you've spent it all. So if you take a spender and introduce and put her in an entrepreneurial situation, which is exactly what happened with me, I'm bringing all this money in, I'm spending it and there's none left. Yeah. So the profit first system flips it on its head. And the story of the guy that, that, um, that came up with it is amazing. He had two multi, multi million dollar uh, businesses and then went bankrupt. And he, this, this whole system was born out of that, that process of him getting that back. So the profit first system is income, profit, expenditure. So I get the money that in, I pay myself first and whatever is left is what I get to spend and what I get to invest. So obviously there's tax in that. Yeah, your well. corp tax and your VAT. And stuff like that. So basically I, when I, every time I get paid, every time, and because of my, I have built this habit. So most people allocate their money weekly or monthly. I do it every single time the money comes in. Mm-hmm. So for example, if I had, so the other day I had 625 pounds drop in. I'm always very open about my things. I had 625 pounds drop in, in, in from my Stripe account. Only 130 of that was mine. In terms of an income or profit. So well, so the income came in and then automatically I have a percentage that goes to my operational expenses. I have a percentage that goes to my profit and I have expenses, um, things that goes to my tax. And I've also got another account that I'm putting money into mm-hmm. just for things. Um, and then what happens is, is that you're paying yourself. You've got your owner's pay, but you're also building your profit. Yeah. At the end of each quarter, I've got a chunk of profit. And he says, right, go and spend it. Go and, go and do something with it. So the first time I got my head on with it, it was like 140 quid. Yeah. But the, the process of me, and I swear to God, the, the, the shift in my energy, the minute I started doing these allocations was unbelievable because I was like, oh my God, I'm doing it. And what I realized was this isn't, this isn't who I am. My money story and my belief and my narrative about my, I mean, bless my mum, but my mum's constant thing to me when I was a kid was you'll never have any money, you. That was what she used to say to me. Oh, my mum still says it to me. And I'm just like, 
I just say, don't ever say, I'm like, I get quite mad at her. Like, don't yeah. ever say that to me again. You know, yeah. you know, you know, um, going back to the onion thing, you've got your, what was modeled to you around money? What was the language you heard around money? You know, most people have got a story around that. Right. So, um, so I was implementing and I was changing and I was suddenly realized, oh my God, I just, I, I can do this. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I suddenly became somebody who says I'm good with money. Yeah. I'm good. And, and that, oh God, like I could cry at being able to say that because I'm 44 in eight days, six days. And to spend the most of your, and having the money that I've earned and still not having anything to, well, and then not having anything to show for it is a very depressing moment, place to be. Yeah. And I don't think that, and I believe that there is thousands of women in the entrepreneurial space who also feel the same. They have the same narrative. They've had the same relationship experiences. They've had the same modeling as a child that said that that money doesn't grow on trees and I want doesn't get and, and, you know, all the shitty things that, you know, the parents of that generation used to say, and some parents still do say it because they're just copying what their, their parents have said to them. Um, And the, the constant lack and scarcity energy that, that transmutes through generations um, it's, 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 it, and the thing is, it's like, it, so the thing that I'm doing now is I brought, so I asked Jason, I said, listen, I think everybody needs this in that every entrepreneurial woman needs this in their life. And his, his mission is to stop entrepreneurial poverty. So he has a, we have a very clear mission. And I said to him, will you, will you collaborate with me on this program? And he was like hundred percent because we get on really well. He's changed my life. Like, he's, and I wanted a male energy in there as well, because yes. when we think about masculine feminine energy, um, I hear a lot of people talking about m- money as a feminine energy. I don't think it is. I think it's masculine because it's there to support. And I think when you have this structure in your business and you have this beautiful support that you know that you're managing it and you're owning it and you have the, the freedom to dream about those big months because you know you've got the habit and the system to support it. It allows you to play in your feminine and be creative and, and do the thing that you're amazing at while you have this beautiful system to support you. So we're collaborating on this program. So the first is a 90-day program, but it will be a 12-month container because one of the things I also, like I said before, that you'd be in the program and then you'd be out and then who's here, who's there to keep me accountable to this. So um, the first, the first section of it will be um, positive intelligence through the lens of wealth and money. The second 30 days will be the basics of human design that will be developed through the, throughout the 12 months, like energetic. And it's not just about human design. I'm going to be talking about emotional intelligence, your, um, your emotional feelings around money and, and transmuting and alchemizing them. And then the last four weeks, Jason takes over and teaches people the profit first system. They'll all get their own rollout program, mm-hmm. their own rollout system. And then the next nine months they spend doing it yeah. and being held accountable and, for doing and, and it. And it's a habit. And, and it, creating that habit. So my my tra- the transformation of that program is you come in shit with money, you leave great with money. Yeah. And that's my mission. Like, because I could, I mean, it, it literally makes me well up because this is what I needed and I didn't have, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm grateful for everything that happened because all those, mis- all those bad decisions, all those terrible, terrible moments of f- the purest anxiety you can ever feel having to say to my son, sorry, you're not, you can't go to this school. And I mean, it makes me proud. That's all about it. Yeah. I can imagine, you know, so it's, it matters so much. And, it, and, and like, when I think about helping the old version of me to get to where I am now, yeah. 
yeah, I get really emotional about it because, it, you know, it's, and I think it's a lot of reason why there's so many women's businesses that don't end up being as yeah. successful as they can be because this has got the better of them. Yeah. And they're overspending in situations where they don't need to and, you know, not having that support or knowledge. And like you said, it's not just a business side of things. And I've been there, you know, I'd have to say I'm one of those, you know, I've been there as well in terms of bonuses that I've had from work and they've just, they've come in and gone out. And I'm talking big bonuses. And like you say, in terms of when you've you've had big corporate salaries and you're like, right, okay, uh, what have I got to actually show for this? You know, and as there's more women becoming entrepreneurs, there's more people becoming entrepreneurs anyway, you know, and just being able to to manage the money, manage the cash flow, it can make or break you. 100%. And it has broke me a couple of times, you know, and mm-hmm. but my there is no old plan B, there's no alternative. So I was either like, I can sit and bitch and like I did a post about this yesterday. I can sit and bitch and moan about this. I could blame him. I could blame the situation. I could blame the relationship. I could blame my parents. I could blame society. I could blame the government. I could blame all these things, but it doesn't doesn't do anything to change my situation and no one's yeah. coming to save you. Like that's the tough love of this. No one is coming to fix this. And I'll tell you, and no amount of money will fix this either, unless maybe you won like 123 on the on the lottery. But even yeah. so, you'd still might mess it up. Yeah. So get into, it's, it's just understanding that money is, it just is, it's not good, it's not bad, it's a resource, it just is. Mm-hmm. And it gets to be this beautiful thing that supports you. And that you get to use for good, and it gets to be this thing that you get you feel pleasure around. Mm-hmm. Because it's funny, the, um, I'm, the program I'm doing a beat around for the program at the moment, and it's a really interesting cross section of women I've got in there. Because I've got women who are like me. I've got like women who were like my absolute me before, and then I've also got two women who are actually bring in more money than I do. Yeah, but their their feeling around money is the same. Their thing is. I shouldn't be spending this. I shouldn't have this. If I drive this car, it's like I'm showing off. Mm. If I, um, what if I lose it all? It doesn't make any, the amount of money is irrelevant. If the, the, the emotion and the mindset, if it's not right, you don't get to enjoy it. What's the point of making money if you can't enjoy it? I know that's the thing, not have the guilt around it, but also being able to hold on and and money should flow in a certain way, but you should have what you need yeah. you know, and what you want and, what and you not have that it. lack. Yes. And the thing is, is that I always, one of my lines that I always say is, you know, within regards to your entrepreneurial journey or life is like, follow the breadcrumb of your desires. Your desires are divinely given to you. If you, if they weren't meant for you, you wouldn't have them. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think about the actual you know, evolution of our species, like we have light, we have airplanes because somebody desired to create it. Everything that you are using, this laptop, the, the phone that you're using is born from a desire. And so all the, all the human beings that have made all the incredible things that we experience, it came from desire. So your desires are meant for you. That's the, uh, that's the reason why we're so successful as species. So to deny your, and then most women, especially mothers, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm sweeping generalization, but your minute you have, I've got a funny story about that. My mom, we got into a conversation the other day, my mom's 76, conversation about, about, about horses or something. She said, oh, you know, if I had a lot of land, or there was a house to sell with loads of land, she said, if, I had a, if I had that land, I'd get horses. I've never seen her ride a horse in my life. And I said, well, why? I said, can you ride? And she said, yeah, yeah, I used to have horses until I got pregnant, and, you know, and that stopped. Because in my mom's generation, as soon as you have children, that's it. That's, that's it. your job. You're a mother. You're a mother. And so we have we are conditioned 
by by the patriarchy by the system to to get let go of our desires they don't matter and so when a woman steps into an entrepreneurial role or she decides to follow you know farms a product that she really wants that loves that she's got a real passion around and she goes for it like don't give you don't give themselves enough credit just mm-hmm. for taking that leap of going I'm really into this I'm really passionate about it I'm going to go and do it so your your desires are given to you so if you have that mindset that okay if I desire this it's mine. All I've got to do is get out of my way of my human. Yeah. All I've got to do is deal with the conditioning that says I can't have it. I can't be, do, or have it. And, and so do you think, because you work with obviously a lot of women in, in different situations at different stages, what do you think are the things that are blocking them from their version of success? Everything I've just said. The yeah. onion, their onion. Yeah. They, they, they either don't think they deserve it. They don't think they're worthy of it. They don't think they're up to that. They'll think they'll be judged. I would say judgment Judgment, um, in the positive intelligence um, system, the judge has three operations, judge of self, judge of others. And the third one, which people don't aren't as aware of, is judge of circumstances and events. So you might judge yourself. I don't judge myself, actually. I used to, I used to, I would always say I'm a really non-judgmental person because I don't beat myself up anymore. That's one of the things that I've really mastered. Um, I don't, I think we all judge others. It's a natural human way. We all do it in some way. Um, but it's very low on the on my judgment. But I will I would go into a spin about a circumstance or event. I would go, why is this happening again? Right. Why have I just got this money in and then now my car's broken down? Why is so unfair? Why does this always happen to me? And I would judge and I would go into a tailspin about the circumstance and event. Obviously, I don't do it now so much. But it's still I have to mind that. Um, so I think judgment, 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 judgment is top reason. I think um, conditioning around their environment, what they think they deserve. I think self-worth. And I think generally just a, the woman's women's fear of playing big. Because and what, most- other than working with you, <laughs> well, <laughs> of course, what way do you think women can start to change that or overcome that? Okay, um, three, three stages. Awareness. You've got to become aware of what you want and you've got to be able to own it. Like, so if you want a six-figure a month business, own it. There's nothing wrong with that. And so getting comfortable with being able to say that and not internally go like (laughs) I want a six-figure I want a six-figure business yeah own it that's okay because it's not whether or not you achieve that is irrelevant it's you being able to own it and going I'm on this journey you know to quote the song you know it's the climb it's not the destination it's the climb it's the climb um (laughs) you know so being able to own it so awareness around what you actually want and then awareness around the um, the thoughts the emotions that say you can't Mm -hmm. So right, right, brain dump everything that comes into your head without with blameless discernment. Don't judge it, just discernment. Okay. And then look at them and go, what is actually true here? Because 99% of them won't be. Recognizing that, owning that. Right. I recognize that my conditioning stops me from allowing myself to say that I even want this. If you can't say that you want it, you're not going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's stage one, awareness. Then the next thing is taking the bigness of it and reducing it to to small action because it's not the big leaps it's the annoying annoying resistance action that we have to take every day that makes the change yeah um following your following what lights you up like don't force yourself to do something obviously in business there's all this shit that you've got to do that you don't want to do like let's just like get I have things that take me about an hour and a half every single day that I prefer not to do but I do them because I've got to do them so this is the action piece this is the one foot on the ground piece yeah. Anyone who says don't do anything that doesn't feel good, then they're, they're deluded yeah. because there's certain things that you have to do that you don't feel good. However, 
as a general rule, if it lights you up, follow it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be logical. If it lights you up, follow it. Because it's that's what it's that's literally your light up, your your intuition is the most unused resource in most women because we are so in our head. So I, I always say, feel it first. How does it feel? And if it feels good, but your brain's arguing with you, don't take any notice of the brain because that's your saboteurs taking over. Yeah. What's your what's your soul saying? What's yeah. your intuition saying? If this makes you feel excited, and I know this happened, and, and if and the way that and, and I, I've met women, I've worked with women who have been completely cut off from that. I, they feel they feel nothing from the neck down because they they don't they don't they've, they're so untapped into it. They're so in their head about making decisions that they don't even consider this below the neck feeling. And do you think it's something that they've just blocked off or that they've never used or, you know? I think everything. I think, I don't Mm -hmm. think it's that question. I think it's, they've been conditioned not to, they've been told not to. Yeah. Don't be so silly. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, we, that's not available for people like us. You know, it's only like, I mean, think about things like, you know, I don't know why that's just popped into my head, but like things like Billy Elliot, you know, Billy Mm -hmm. Elliot was supposed to be a a beautiful ballet dancer because he was from a, you know, working class but he followed his, his thing and, they, you know, you've got to follow your thing. Just yeah. whether you were born, where, where it matters and it doesn't matter. It yeah. matters because you've got to be aware of it to know that it's potentially holding you back, but it doesn't make any difference. Yeah, You are here, you are unique and you are amazing and the things that light you up are meant for you, so go follow them. But just be aware that you're going to have to deal with your human that mm-hmm. gets in the way of being, you know, be doing and having those things. Um, so just awareness, the, the willingness to take small action and faith. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it really is, isn't it? Mm. It's the, like you say, the awareness, the action and the faith, the yeah. belief that you can do it. And manifestation, you know, is such a big subject, but it's a co-creation. It is a co-creation. If you get a sign and you don't follow it, if you get an opportunity and you don't take it, you're not you're not going to get your manifestation yeah you're not going to get another sign you know it's kind of well I sent you one you didn't do anything with it you want it or not you know it's not going to fall out the sky and land in your lap yeah and do you have I mean you talked about obviously your date your practices as soon as you get paid and what you do what other daily or weekly practices do you do that keep you focused on your own goal and your own success okay I do a meditation I'm gonna say I'm not gonna lie to you and say I do it every day because I don't and I'm not you know I'm always very honest about you know there's some days I miss and some days I miss them up so um, I do my PQ reps every day so in the positive intelligence system there's an app that goes with it and you get you get reps to do every day so it's like moments so the definition of a PQ rep is focus attention on a sense so it could be touch, sight, sound, whatever. So you can do them walking. You can do them with your eyes open. It's not like you're enough to sit on a meditation mat for 40 minutes. So I do my PQ reps every day, mostly. Um, and I have a meditation that I do, which is a Joe Dispenza meditation. Um, I'm ha- I'll happily send you the link for it. It's amazing. Yeah, too. 15 minute morning meditation. And it gets you into the energy of your future. Um, because I love Joe Dispenza's work. I love his work. I'm obsessed with his stuff. I bring a lot of his stuff into what I do. And that's the... You have to connect to the energy of what you want. You can't just think about it. You've got to feel it. Like, and that's that's what magnetism is. That's what law of attraction is. It's it's you're you're attracting what you are. Yeah. So I did this beautiful meditation. And it's really funny because I'm not actually great at big visualizations. Mine are very short. Um, so I have there's a set three visualizations that I have and that I check it, I I get into the energy of them every morning and it makes me feel amazing. So that's it really. Um yeah, meditation, my PQ reps, 
And and one thing I will say that I think is the most underrated skill of an entrepreneur is patience. Mm-hmm. And, we, and that's made very difficult by social media and how you know we see people getting there. Show real. You know, seeing everyone show real, not they're behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I've just recently unfollowed everybody that influences me. Really? Yeah. Not, no, no, no. Apart from the people that I'm learning from. So I've got one person, I've unfollowed everybody that talks about money apart from one person. Yeah. I've unfollowed everybody that's doing human design apart from the woman I'm learning from because part of my human design is I can be very easily influenced. Right. Okay. And in order to find my own voice, I have to, I've had to declutter my social media. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. And it's been the most enlightening thing ever. Now there's some headline people that I will never unfollow. Brené Brown, Brenda Bouchard, you know, those kind of people, Tony Robbins, Oprah, like there's, there's a banner people that I'll never unfollow. But there's a lot of people in the remit of what I do that I was following that it doesn't serve me to follow them. Yeah. Because I, if any way I get pulled into comparison, it doesn't serve me. Yeah. I got rid of I'm them all. A few. I got rid of them all. Yeah. Uh, and it's been an enlightening experience. And, you know, it, it's nothing against them. They're killing it. They're doing their thing. It's nothing against them personally. It's just, and it's nothing conscious either. I literally wrote, so this is actually a really good thing to do um, to tap into your intuition. So I wrote down all the names of the people that I follow that fall into that remit. And I looked at them one by one and I felt it. And if I felt any, any energy, I got rid of them. And I was really surprised by some of them. Surprised because I love them. I love stuff, but it just... I I trust my intuition over all things. I think as well, like you say, it's a distraction if it's not, if you're not learning from it, you know, or you're not benefiting from it at a certain time, it's more of a distraction and taking you down a, oh, should I be doing that as well? Or rather than understanding your own lane, path and moment yeah. in terms of what's right for you now, you know? Yeah, I won't follow them again. It just means that for now, like in this moment, because this is all I've got, if in this moment, what serves me is, calm clarity mission my learning my and the thing is what I really want to say about this as well is that I am in this still like this is not this this is this program will evolve this Mm -hmm. program as it is now it's called soul money shift it will it is it is for where I have just been and as I grow through that experience like I've got dreams of it eventually having a next layer to it which is an investment layer yeah great somebody in to help women build wealth like proper wealth because yeah not yeah um and em- empowering women to be able to be confident enough and be so secure in their system in their being that they feel that they can go into that kind of arena I've got a friend that teaches investment and she's amazing mm-hmm. um and I said to her we had a really good comment because I was like you're what you're doing is like the next stage to what to what yeah everybody's doing with me so we had said, you know, at some point in the future, we'll, we'll you know, join voices because I love collaborating with people. I think it's, it, you know, I don't know everything and I'm not perfect. This is not my skill. Numbers are not my skill set, clearly. <laughs> you know, like I'm not going to start teaching people a private first system because it's not, well, like I'm not qualified to do it anyway. But so I'll bring people in because it makes, that's what, that's what the person needs. I'm not, I'm not the answer to yeah, everything. You can't be everything, you know, and that's no. not, you know, and if, you know. I know my job and I know my lane. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, um so yeah, so it was, it's an evolving thing, and and it's that's mission, that's the mission, that's the legacy, that's the that's is yeah. the, I want to empower women to know that that that, that being financially successful is a skill set that anybody can learn. Yeah, and that if and they, that you'll never say again, I'm not good with money. Amen. There's no need to say it. 
there's no it is it gives it actually gives you chills to be honest yeah you know especially when you've thought that yourself you know in the past yeah but thank you so much sorry go on because because the dream i'll I'll finish on this like that's the dream life that they're seeing in their visualization feels so amazing and it feels so real but it's like that doesn't happen without this Mm -hmm. it just doesn't and there's nothing oh god there's that quote um that quote oh my god I don't want to end on this because it's a bit of a it's a bit of a oh my god um but there's a really good quote around that the person that you you know hell is hell is meeting the person that you could have become on the right, last okay. day in the life meet the person you could have become and I think this this whole piece about becoming financially free and finite and this isn't about again it's not about the amount of money financially free can mean different things to different people um but having the ability so financially free to me my definition of that is being able to choose my desires and not have and money not have to be the thing that that stops me having it. Yeah. I yeah. want to buy a 10 pound top from New Look. Or I want to buy a 10 grand jacket from from Gucci. Whichever one I desire, I get to do. Mm-hmm. There's no, oh God, I can't afford it shit going on. Um, so becoming that, if you're not that now, takes change. Yeah. And thank you so much for joining me today. Sure, I've had such a lovely chat. Where can people find you? And how can they, I know, so I know you've got the challenge coming up, yes. um, which we'll put the links to a couple of different things in the show notes yeah. um, and quizzes so we can find out our personality types, design, all that kind of thing. Yeah. And where else can people find you? I'm really easy. I'm just Charlotte Pridmore. So Charlotte Pridmore on Instagram, um, Charlotte Pridmore on Facebook, um, Charlotte Pridmore on Pinterest. Um, yeah, just Charlotte Pridmore everywhere, really. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me and I hope you've enjoyed listening to that and enjoyed Charlotte's story and you know and if you've recognized yourself in that journey or at any stage of that then you know definitely check out what Charlotte does and her upcoming challenges and if you've enjoyed the episode I'd love for you to leave a review and I will see you again next week for another episode of Start Scale Succeed Mm -hmm.